Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome all. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I am your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2010. We are fully into the summer season, as the summer solstice was yesterday on the 21st. And uh, we've got a good show planned for you here this evening. Um, Let me give the call-in number, first of all, to call into the show at any time. There's no taboo topics here. As always, call in and talk about anything you like. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, that's 724-444-7444. We're usually broadcasting live on revolutionbroadcasting.com. However, it appears that's not the case tonight. I think uh, the network is doing probably some kind of upgrades, so uh, we're not live there, but uh, the show is uh, live through my site, whatonearthishappening.com, and uh, you could always catch it in my podcast section or on TalkShoes uh, archive. So with that having been said, I'm going to jump into the event announcements, and uh, after that's done, um, the topics for this evening will be the control structures of the world and an introduction to the methodologies of mind control. So that's what we're going to be getting into a little bit later. And um, I see we already have a caller on the line, so I will be getting to your calls as well. So coming up very, very soon, only a few weeks, the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations right here in my home city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, July 9th, 10th, and 11th, a three-day conference to call to people's attention the need for a new energy paradigm, uh, specifically regarding the incredible visionary efforts uh, regarding the technologies of Nikola Tesla. So the Tesla Science Foundation is who hosts this, 
They bring together scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts for a three-day conference highlighting the need for a new energy paradigm. This July in Philadelphia, the Tesla Science Foundation will be hosting a three-day conference and celebration to commemorate Nikola Tesla's legacy and world vision. Tesla was a brilliant inventor who lived during the turn of the 20th century. His innovations resulted in the implementation of alternating current, radio, the AC motor, wireless technology, and many other influential inventions that we now take for granted in the modern age. Tesla's vision to bring clean, free energy to the world through advanced wireless technologies was blocked by the financial and corporate interests of his time. Through this event, the Tesla Science Foundation will bring together like-minded scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts who share the common goal of bringing Tesla's advanced energy technologies to fruition for the betterment of humanity. The event schedule is as follows. July 9th from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Independence Visitor Center, 6th and Market Streets in Philadelphia, there will be a Tesla birthday bash. This event is free to attend, and there, there are going to be many Tesla coils demonstrated at this event. The next day in the same location at Independence Visitor Center, 6th and Market Streets, from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. on July 10th, Tesla Fest featuring exhibits, information, vendors, art, and music. This event is also free to attend. Uh, I have the honor of being the Master of Ceremonies for the presentations and lectures. These are geared toward the layman at the Free Library of Philadelphia. July 10th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Free Library is at 1901 Vine Street. The featured speakers are Russell Anderson, Michael Kelly, Tatiana Militek, Michael Treat, Mono Davina, Michael Craner, and Brian Yetzer. This is also free to attend, and we have a lecture hall of about that uh, holds about 400 people. So we really want to try to pack it in. Uh, come on out if you're in the Philadelphia area and uh, learn a whole lot about Tesla and his technologies. Uh, the same evening, July 10th, a reception, dinner, and concert from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the Arch Street Meeting House. That's at 320 Arch Street in Philadelphia. This will feature the classical orchestral ensemble known as the Divine Hand. Check out their website at the Divine Hand at divinehand.net. Uh, they are centered around the electronic instrument known as the theremin, and it's uh, incredible to behold that instrument being played. Uh, and the uh, the conductor of that ensemble is uh, a virtuoso with the theremin. So this is something that uh, you won't want to miss, and it is set at the right price, only $20 for a great evening out dinner and a great concert for only $20. And it's going to a great cause. The last part of the um, energy independence celebrations this year is the scientific conference. This is two days, July 10th and 11th. Saturday and Sunday, the 10th and the 11th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 2 Liberty Place on the 32nd floor. 2 Liberty Place is at 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. The featured speakers are Robert Uth, Tom Ballone, Gary Peterson, James Corum, Kenneth Corum, 
James Hardsey, Fran McCabe, Anna Atanaskovich, Dave Rosignoli, Russell Anderson, Michael Treat, and Tatiana Militech. Registration for the scientific conference is only $110. You can register at teslasciencefoundation.org, and that is also the website to go to for more details about the conference. Once again, that's teslasciencefoundation.org. Also, if you're interested in receiving news about what this group is doing, you can join their meetup group at ntesla.meetup.com slash 38. That's ntesla.meetup.com slash 38, the number 38. The second announcement that I have for everyone today is a new one, and this is about the Philadelphia UFO Awareness Day 2010. This event is hosted by MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. It's actually hosted by the Pennsylvania branch of MUFON. So Pennsylvania MUFON pre presents Philadelphia UFO Awareness Day 2010, Sunday, July 18th, from noon to 6 p.m. This event is totally free to attend. It's going to be a great conference with some good speakers. The speakers are Bob Gardner. Bob is the Pennsylvania Mutual UFO Network Chief Investigator and Field Investigator. His lecture will be titled, Credible and Convincing Evidence for the Existence of UFOs. Second speaker is Mike Melton. He is the PA MUFON State Section Director and Field Investigator. His lecture is UFO Investigations, Interviewing the Witness. Next speaker is Bill Weber. He is the Pennsylvania MUFON State Section Director and Field Investigator. His lecture is UFOs and Technology. Chris Augustin is the next speaker. He is a paranormal investigator and he runs the website aliensthetruth.com. His lecture will be entitled Alien Abductions, and I will be speaking at this event. I was invited by Bob Gardner to give a presentation at this event. So myself, Mark Passio, independent researcher and presenter, website whatonearthishappening.com. My lecture for this event is going to be called Don't Count on Disclosure. And I'm going to really hit people hard in this one. I'm going to talk about pretty much the topics that I do not cover in What on Earth is Happening and have not gotten into on this radio show and probably won't for quite a while if I do decide to go into these sorts of topics. But for an event like this, I'm going to pull out all the stops and I'm going to hit people pretty hard uh, with some of the information I'm going to give at this uh, conference. Uh, by the way, this will be taking place at Germ Books and Gallery, a phenomenal bookstore in the Frankfurt section of Philadelphia. Germ Books is located at 2005 Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia. The zip is 19125. 
So for more information about uh, this great event, go to MUFONPA.com, that's M-U-F-O-N-P-A.com, or GermBooks.com, G-E-R-M Books.com. Germ is a great bookstore, and um, I just really, really think that um, they, they have some of the best, one of the best book selections in the tri-state area. So um, you definitely, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you want to check out Germ Books because there is uh, a great occult selection there. There is a great um, uh, conspiracy research section, lots of books on the UFO phenomenon, and just uh, a great overall bookstore. So um, with that in mind, uh, I have one last event announcement, and this is for a conference that I will actually be hosting with the help of some other individuals in the Philadelphia area. So this is going to be called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. The date for this event will be April 9th and 10th, 2011. I know it's a long way off, but I'm going to get into promoting this from now because I want to make this as big as possible. The location is yet to be determined, but I have already scouted uh, a few venues and uh, we'll be making the decision probably within the next three weeks. I'll take a guess and say that we'll have a uh, definitive location within the next three weeks to a month. The admission price for this conference is going to be only $20 per day, and we already have three confirmed speakers with a fourth that is almost certainly confirmed, but um, I am going to um, uh, hold off on the fourth until I get 100% confirmation. But we have confirmation from Aaron McCollum, Michael Kelly, and of course myself. I will also be speaking at this event. So that is Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. This is going to be in the Philadelphia area, Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th. 2011. Those are the event announcements, and I see we have a caller. So I'll go to the caller before we jump into the event announcements. Uh, I'm sorry, before we jump into the topics for this evening. So it says here on the switchboard that the name is Sabiont. So Sabiont, you are on. You are live on what on earth is happening. Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Sabion, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Uh, I didn't have no questions. I was just listening in. Okay, that's not a problem. Uh, when I see a caller uh, call in, I'm assuming that they wanted, wanted to get through and actually talk or raise a topic, but if you're just listening in through the line, that's fine too. So uh, I'll go ahead and mute you and uh, enjoy the program. Yeah, maybe later I'll have a question. No problem. Okay, so that is how the talk show switchboard basically works. People can call in. They can listen through the switchboard as well. If I see that 
uh, it is showing a phone icon, meaning that um, they have called in. I usually unmute them to take the call, but um, it's okay if you just want to listen in live that way too. So tonight's topics are the control system in general. The control system being what we began talking about last week, how the control systems of the world are structured. We were looking into the, the structures of the control of the world. We were looking into how control systems are compartmentalized, meaning that they are broken into many different sections or compartments that are essentially separate from each other and do not understand what the other compartments are doing. This is called compartmentalization and it is a good way to keep people advancing an agenda that they may not have all of the information regarding. Therefore, since they don't see the total picture, they keep going with the work that is actually being orchestrated from a much higher level of awareness or knowledge that they do not have. This is compartmentalization. The second component that we discussed last week was the hierarchical nature, the hierarchy that is inherent in a control structure. This means that any control structure will be basically set up like a pyramid with an apex at the top that is comprised of very few individuals and they have the total awareness or the total knowledge about the structure, about the way that the structure is organized, the way that it is set up, the avenues that it works through what its agenda truly is, what its goals, its operational goals are. A hierarchical system is essential toward chain of command, keeping people in line and in lockstep with the agenda because they answer to their superiors at the next higher level of this hierarchical system. So we looked at these two basic structural components of the control structures of the world. And on the podcast for last week, I put an image that was showing, was displaying this pyramidal structure. It's called in the image the pyramid of manipulation. So this manipulatory pyramid or this basic control structure comprises just about every area of human endeavor from finance to all corporations businesses just about of any kind to the media to organized religion to politics and political structures to the military, industrial complex, to education, et cetera, et cetera. And it's critical to understand that 
people in these structures, which I'll for now simply call the structures of control that are dominating our world, that are bringing about all of the suffering that is seemingly inherent to the human condition. However, as we talked about in past shows, it is technically self-inflicted because we are obsessed with the notion of control and we do not want to accept basic truths because they may be a bit difficult to discover because they take work upon the self and knowledge of self to discover those basic fundamental principles of natural law, which we have talked about fairly extensively on past shows. These structures are able to be controlled much more easily than most people would think because of the two basic qualities that these structures have inherently built into them, and that is compartmentalization and hierarchy. So, I want to read a quote regarding these pyramidal structures, these basic control structures set up like levels of a pyramid. Knowledge higher up and compartmentalized. As you go higher in them, there are fewer people, but there is more knowledge of the overall agenda. And yet, there are sections to them that are essentially walled off from each other. In other words, the left hand is unaware of what the right hand is doing. I read this one last week. This is by Judith Moriarty, a researcher. She said that the greatest conspiracies are not actually hidden. They are just fragmented into different pieces, like a puzzle, right before our eyes. So they're not actually hidden. They're hidden in plain sight. This is a favored methodology of the occultists of the world. The dark occultists of the world have a, a favored methodology. They love to hide things right out in the open. They kind of get a twisted pleasure from putting something almost right in someone's face. And because of the level of consciousness that that individual or group of individuals may be operating at, they are incapable of seeing how the structure or the scheme or the plan works. Hidden in plain sight. It's a form of mockery, actually. It's a form of derision and ridicule to the uninitiated, as an occultist would refer to someone who does not understand their methodologies, their symbols, the ways they operate. 
hidden in plain sight. It's basically pure mockery and jest of someone who hasn't a clue, who's completely clueless about these very control structures. The researcher Judith Moriarty simply refers to them as conspiracies, which is another word that has a negative connotation or a ridicule-based connotation attached to it. When if you look up the etymology of the word conspiracy, it simply means those who breathe together. Conspirators are simply those who live and breathe together. They move as if they have one mind and one will. And that is all the word means. Any group of people working together toward a common goal is essentially a conspiracy. So that is a quote by the researcher Judith Moriarty. Here is an excellent one by another researcher named Phil Rockshrow. These are a couple of independent researchers. Rockstrow said that the authoritarianism that is inherent to this structure, and when he's saying this structure, he, he was formerly talking about a pyramidal-based control structure that is based in hierarchy and compartmentalization. The authoritarianism inherent to this structure is antithetical to the concept of the rights and liberties of the individual. Antithetical essentially means it totally opposes it. It is completely the opposite of that which you're talking about. So he is saying this structure itself, one that is based in compartmentalization and hierarchy, is antithetical to the concept of rights and liberties of an individual. Most individuals bound by secrecy-prone hierarchical values will, over time, lose the ability to display free thinking, engage in civic discourse, and even be able to envisage the notion of freedom. That's a phenomenal quote with a lot in it, so I'm going to read it one more time. Most individuals who are bound by secrecy-prone hierarchical values will over time lose the ability to display free thinking, engage in civic discourse, and even be able to envisage the notion of freedom. Let's think about what's being said there. When people participate in a control structure, in a structure of compartmentalization, in other words, a structure that is based in secrecy, in holding back information about what the people in it are really involved in. When they do this, 
and when they take part in hierarchy, in bowing or supplicating themselves to apparent authority that is above them in this chain of command, in this hierarchical structure. Some things happen in their consciousness, in the participants of this system. Just by being a participant in a system like that, they lose the ability to display free thinking. Now that's a big statement. I would totally agree with that. Because secrecy and hierarchy are lower forms of consciousness. This is a base brain behavior. This is base brain consciousness. We talked about the structures of the brain and how the lowest part of the brain, the base brain, the R complex, which stands for the reptile complex, is basically geared toward survival mentality, fight or flight response, and base instinctual behaviors. This structure itself, a hierarchical pyramidal structure, reinforces base brain behavior and essentially base consciousness itself. Consciousness that is of a low vibratory frequency. It is fear-based consciousness. Having to hide something from other people is fear-based. It is said that good works are done in the light of day. If you need to compartmentalize something and create a hierarchical structure because you don't want people at lower levels to understand what's being done at higher levels, it is a secrecy-based agenda. And it is based in fear, ultimately. Good works are done in the light of day. Dark works, evil works, works that are not geared toward higher evolutionary progression in consciousness, they must be done in darkness. Because most people, if they were to understand what were really being done, what the true agenda was, would not participate in that system. So they have to be done in the dark. People have to be kept in the dark of the true agenda to essentially keep participating in it. And this is true of any hierarchical, compartmentalized control structure. Once enough light is shed upon what the true agenda is, those who have any modicum of conscience will withdraw their support from that agenda. So, I think that's a great quote to understand by Rockstro there. They would lose 
even the ability, if they participated in this system over enough time without understanding its true agenda, it's, it's based in hierarchy, it's based in, in pure secrecy, eventually they would no longer be able to even comprehend or understand what freedom really is. They would lose the idea to even be able to envision what true freedom is. And sadly, that is where most of the world has come to. It's a terrible thing to have to admit. Most people in the world, more than not, have this mindset. That's what we're doing here on this show, trying to change that mindset that is based in I control people below me while I take orders from people above me. This means that everyone that's a part of this system is essentially a slave. I have a master and I get to have slaves below me. But let's not forget, I have a master. See, if you're part of that control system, you're not free. Don't even try to kid yourself that you're free. You're a slave because you just take orders from those who are above you in the hierarchy. In return for your obedience, in return for taking your orders like a good slave, well, we'll tell you that you have the authority to try to disrupt or take away the inherent rights of those that we say are lower than you on our hierarchical value system. It's all nonsense, though, because it doesn't exist. These structures don't exist in nature. They don't exist in natural law. They're all flawed, man-made conceptualizations and structures that are built up in the human mind, in a diseased human mind. in a mind that is completely ruled by the force of fear, in a mind that is confused internally. And whenever someone is fearful and confused inside themselves, they don't know themselves, they don't understand the situation they're in, they don't know what's going on within them or around them. That's the definition we basically gave for consciousness in this program in general. What they do is they lash out and they try to take external control, which they have no natural law right to take. The only thing they have a natural law right to take control over is, and it's the same thing anyone has, the only things anyone has a natural law right to have control over is your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions, and nothing else. But these structures are in place in the world that we live in, sadly, and it is my intention to tear them down utterly and completely, unquestioningly and unequivocally to destroy them, to destroy this 
form of mind control. Because that's all this structure is. And those who erect such structures are essentially people who are attempting to control the actions of others by controlling how they think and feel. A dark agenda, an agenda that does not have someone's genuine interests in mind, that can only lead to further suffering, not just for most people, but for the individuals even taking part in it. The only way you can ever really convince them to take part in something like that is to manipulate them through the control, the covert control, the hidden control over the mind. Because the mind is the layer of being that exists between the body, which is what we perform our actions with, and the spirit, or the state of pure consciousness, pure being. I also put up on the site in the podcast section for last week's show, that would be the June 15th show, I believe it's podcast 12, a picture that shows the three levels of being or existence, if you will. The physical existence, which I put at the bottom. This is equated with the body. This is the male or the yang, the active or concrete aspect of creation. Above that, there is the level of mind. This is where spirit and matter meet. This is why this level of being, of creation, of consciousness, if you will, must be where the controller, the sorcerer, as we referred to them as, the occult sorcerer, the one who performs hidden influence over the minds of people for his own selfish aims and selfish agendas. This is the, the, the realm that that selfish sorcerer must perform his magic in the realm of mind. This is the battlefield, so to speak, that the war that is taking place in consciousness on the earth is be- really, truly being waged. Because if you can control someone's level of consciousness at the mind level, you can convince them of all sorts of nonsense and ideologies that simply aren't true. You can basically begin to sever the being's connection to source, which is spirit, which is the highest level of being. That is that sacred feminine, the pure, unadulterated consciousness the sacred feminine expression of being. And I put that in this graphic on the website at the top level. That level you're not going to control directly in people. 
at least not in, in this form that we exist in. You're going to have to sever or wall them off from it through the control of the mental plane of existence, the mental domain. And this is how all of these structures work. They essentially work through mind control. Now, I know that may be something new for some people to hear. And some people are very, very resistant to that idea that there is mind control taking place in the world all around us. It isn't some places. It's basically everywhere. It is pervasive throughout our culture and throughout the world. Mind control is everywhere. It is cultural programming. It is putting, influencing people's consciousness into little boxes from which if they really become rooted, in which they, if they are really trapped in a certain pattern, a certain conditioning, it becomes very different to break down those structures in the brain that form over time when we think and feel a certain way repeatedly over years and years and years and years. Ways of thinking, feeling, and acting become ingrained. And the longer that that has been ingrained that way, those patterns have been ingrained that way, the more conditioned that person is the more under mind control they really are. And it becomes much more difficult over longer periods of time to break someone out of that patterned conditioning. And the controllers of this world know this. They know it well. They know it well. They know how our psyche functions better than most of us. And I'm not saying the, these things, one, I'm not saying them to put anyone into any kind of state of fear. Nothing on this show is said to encourage people to be fearful or to give up or to be hopeless or anything like that. Knowledge is the pathway to power. I wouldn't even call it power itself. Power is right action through knowledge. That's where power comes from. It comes from developing wisdom, right action through knowledge. But knowledge is the pathway to that state of consciousness. It is, the, it is the pathway to power. And hence, many individuals will refer to it as light because it opposes darkness, which is lack of knowledge. And lack of knowledge is essentially through not knowing oneself. And that happens through fear. Fear is what blocks out the light, what blocks out understanding oneself and one's own consciousness. We've talked about this dynamic on this show in past weeks. So what I want to begin getting into is the methodologies that these controllers, who I will refer to as sorcerers of consciousness, that is essentially what we are talking about. You can call them many different names. People have referred to them as the masters of the world. They have referred to them as the illuminated. 
were those with all of the knowledge of how things really work and are structured. They have been referred to as dark occultists, black magicians. When we looked at the definition for sorcery, we saw that it is the art and science of influencing change to occur in accordance with the egoic will, not the will of creation, the higher will, not in keeping with natural law principles, not in keeping with the furthered higher evolution of consciousness, but in keeping with the selfish, self-identified will of the sorcerer himself, the one who is wielding this mental, psychological influence. So, who are these occultists and sorcerers of consciousness? Or, at least, what are the vehicles that they work through, that they are born into certain positions, certain people are appointed through others into certain positions of power, manipulated into certain positions of power? Well, at very, very high levels, I would say you have actual dark occultists that are actually members of high-level occult think tanks. And by occult, what I mean is hidden. We talked about that last week. The meaning of the word occult is not the connotation that most people think that it is. Most people will think of that word as meaning evil. When in fact, the word is derived from Latin, the verb occultare in Latin simply means to hide or to conceal from sight. The word occult simply means hidden from view, difficult to see. Occult means hidden, quite simply. There are occultists people who practice the techniques of hiding knowledge, keeping it secret, using it for their own selfish benefit. They are members of secret societies. They are members of think tank organizations. They are members of political organizations that operate behind the scenes of the elected or so-called elected levels of the political world. That level, the political level, the realm that we see, that we think is in control or in the role of protectors, the scene level is not the level that is actually calling the shots. Now, if you haven't understood that yet, 
you're very, very far behind in the game here. Politicians are very low in the hierarchy, very low in the structures of control that I'm talking about here. They're essentially frontmen, puppets, for much larger, I shouldn't say larger, much smaller groups of people, but with much greater influence that they wield to hammer an agenda through and get their way in the global sense because these people are globalists. It's another word that many people call these individuals that we're talking about. Control freak individuals that work together toward a common goal which is them prospering at the expense and suffering of anyone that gets in their way because they're rooted in the reptile mind, the R-complex of the brain, and they are they act in the lowest modalities of consciousness due to being trapped in this R-complex brain function. Now, this does not mean that they do not use the higher brain functions. They, are, they themselves are governed, are controlled through the force of fear, the fear of not having enough, the fear of lack, the illusion of separation, believing that they are separate from everyone else, believing that everything must be a win-lose scenario. And if they are not the winners, they will, would be the losers. No oneness, no unity consciousness, pure duality, all the time. A horrible state of consciousness to be sure to live in at all times and places. But this is their consciousness. Don't think for a moment this does not mean that they cannot reason at very high levels because they also have a highly developed higher level brain, the neocortex, as we talked about on former shows, on previous shows. This engages them to really, really deeply be able to conceptualize ideas, plot, scheme, and plan better than most people. The part of their consciousness, of their brain, of their entire makeup that is missing is the emotional qualities, the qualities of care, the sacred feminine, as we have talked about, concern for the well-being of anyone else but themselves. Because essentially, what these individuals are that are operating at the highest levels of institutions and institutionalized belief systems and the councils that essentially are the think tanks that are behind the governing of world affairs. What these individuals who run things currently at very, very high levels of influence and power are, are psychopaths. They are psychopathic individuals. They are people who have psychopathic 
disease, essentially. Now, it has been estimated that between one in 50 to as much as possibly one in 30 people are psychopathic in nature, meaning that they are actually born without a conscience. As difficult as that may be for many, many people to believe, look up psychopathy. and understand this psychological condition. It is called sociopathy, more commonly nowadays by, by clinical psychologists. But look it up. It is a fascinating study. Psychopathy, P-S-Y-C-H-O-P-A-T-H-Y. The qualities of a psychopath essentially are that they are incapable of feeling a normal range of human emotion, particularly when it comes to being able to empathize with other people, meaning they cannot feel any level of suffering that another being may be in. So let's say a child is riding a bike, five, six years old. They fall, they get hurt fairly badly, maybe break a bone. They're crying, they're distraught. The normal human that has a full and normal range of emotions, not a diseased makeup, and this is a disease, Psycho, psychopath, psychopathy. The normal human in that instance would feel for the child that they've been hurt, want to go over and help them, want to make sure that they're okay. The psychopath would not feel anything at all. I mean nothing. They can not feel empathy for anyone else's suffering. The only thing they're concerned about is their own well-being, their own prosperity, themselves not being in suffering. If anyone else is in suffering, they don't care. They're incapable of caring. Now, these are the qualities of the people that I am talking about at the highest levels of the control structures, which I've been mentioning over the last couple of weeks. The people below them will not necessarily be psychopaths who they get to do their bidding because they are putting them under mind control in order to do their bidding. They would have to. There aren't enough psychopaths to continue to operate like this, to operate the world the way it is being currently run and directed. You would have to fool people 
into supporting a psychopathic agenda. And these psychopaths who are ultimately at the highest end of things, they know the technique, the technology, the science for doing this. And it is a science. Sorcery is a science above all else. Make no mistake that there are verifiable technologies for accomplishing putting someone under the influence of another being's will. And this is done not just in in any kind of one-on-one sense or even in small groups. This is done en masse. The techniques I'm going to be talking about over the next many weeks are forms of mass mind control. Now, there are formalized methodologies for direct mind control over one-to-one over an individual. That's basically known as as trauma-based mind control. I will not be getting into that in a lot of depth for a while. I was asked about it last week. I went into it a bit, but essentially what I will be getting into is mass, forms of mass mind control. Now, the directors of this illusion, of this worldwide system of control, they are indeed globalists, who I refer to as the sorcerers of human consciousness, the black magicians, if you will, the dark occultists, who have people in a spell. And there's a, that's a very specific word that is chosen. Because as we will see over many weeks, if you listen to this show, people are being controlled largely through words, through language. Language is one of the main methodologies to control the human psyche, to control the mental and emotional development of human beings that you want to influence. Language is the main methodology to do it. And if we don't have a firm grip on how language is being used and the very words we speak, what they mean, what their origins are, we are going to be prone toward this form of mass mind control. And it's all around us. It is affecting us every day. It is in most of the major forms of media that most people pay attention to and take in on a daily basis. These globalists work through many different organizations. Many people who listen to the show will have heard of many of them. Some people who are new to this information may not. You should look into the Bilderberg Group. Others among them are the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, 
the committee of 300. The Royal Institute of International Affairs. The Club of Rome. The United Nations at a lower level. Various other think tank projects. Financial institutions. Central banks. The Federal Reserve System. Secret society networks of all kinds. Intelligence agencies. Central Intelligence Agency. The National Security Agency. The Federal Bureau of of Investigation. You can go on and on and on. High-level military intelligence. Naval intelligence. Army intelligence. High levels of religion. Any organized world religion. This being of the Islamic faith, of the, the Judaic faith, of the, of the Christian faith, it matters not. High-level re- religionists at very high institutional levels of religion are high-level occultists. Let's get real clear about that and make no mistake about that. But rather than go into... Now, those institutions you can look into on your own. There are volumes and volumes written on these different groups and think tanks. You can essentially go on overload with the amount of information regarding all of the groups I just mentioned. The information about these groups is so voluminous that it, would t- it could take a lifetime, multiple lifetimes, you wouldn't be able to go through it all. But I just want to read a quote by a former president, Theodore Roosevelt, that hammers this idea home, that there is a enshrined, invisible controller class that sits behind the scene levels of world politics and the governments of the world and is calling the shots from a level of puppet master that is simply pulling the strings of people below them. Now, let let me ask a question in general to put out there to the listening audience. Would you imagine that a person who attained the presidency of the United States would understand how the structures of the world are built better than the average human being, better than the average person. You would believe that someone like this would know what they're talking about. Correct? Maybe it's maybe I'm the weird one that I would think if a president of the United States came forward and gave a quote like this and told people up front, this is what's going on, that you might think he understands a little bit about what he's talking about based on where he's been and what he has seen. Theodore Roosevelt said, quote, behind the ostensible government, meaning the one you believe or think of as the government, okay, 
the one you traditionally view as, yes, this is the government, the ostensible government. Behind the ostensible government sits an, in, sits enthroned an invisible government owing no allegiance and acknowledging no responsibility to the people. I don't think it can be any clearer than that. I don't think you could speak it any clearer than that. This is a former president of the United States openly telling people behind the ostensible government sits enthroned, enthroned like kings or masters, an invisible government owing no allegiance and acknowledging no responsibility to the people. To me, it's difficult to not take that at face value. And it's also difficult to try to read something into what he's saying there. I don't think he minced any words. I think he was pretty straightforward and non-ambiguous. But there are people who will try to twist everything into something that it is not and say he meant something else when he meant exactly what he said. So I'm going to take a break right there. We're a little after uh, into the second hour. It's about 8.05, and I see we have a caller on the line from Illinois. So here we go. Caller from Illinois, you are on. What on earth is happening? What do you have for us? Hello. Hi. I'm just using the phone so I get a clear reception so I can hear you. I just, it's the first time I've ever heard of this show. Can you Not hear a me? Problem. Yes, I can very well. Not a problem at all, sir. Yes. Uh, I'm glad you're uh, checking out the show. Uh, when I see a caller call in, I just I pick up and see if they have anything to contribute. This uh, this um, uh -huh. talk shoe program also acts as my switchboard, so I saw that you were uh, connected via phone. So not a problem. I'll go ahead then and mute you and continue to listen. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to no say I, I really appreciate what you're saying. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care and. Uh, uh, I'll give the call-in number again for anybody that wants to call in and contribute anything and uh, ask any questions or raise any topics of concern. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, that's 724-444-7444. And I'm sorry, I did not give the call ID number in the first hour. When you call in, if you want to go on uh, uh, and ask a question, the call ID number for this show is 83515. Punch that in, and that will put you through to, uh, to uh, this show uh, on, on the phone. And then I'll, I will see that you're on the switchboard. Hold on, and I'll get to your call. Call in number 724-444-7444. The call ID number, once again, is 83515. Three five one five. So, we're talking about the con control structures of the world, the hidden controller class, if you will. I call them simply the occultists, the dark occultists, or the sorcerers of consciousness. That is what I refer to them as when I talk about these individuals as a group. We talked about the fact that they are psychopathic. They do not have the ability to empathize with other 
living beings. This is a essentially a disease of the spirit. It is a disease of the mind. It is a disease of the psyche. It is a psychological condition. The person is essentially born without the ability to feel compassion. Or in other words, they are born without a conscience. And that unrestrains them from the type of actions that you would never consider. See, when people will hear about some of the things that this control freak class of individuals will do and what they are doing in the world, one of the things you'll hear your average naive, trusting individual who sadly is quite ignorant regarding what is taking place in the world. I'm not saying that to be mean or vicious. I'm saying that because it is simply the case that happens to be true. People who think like this are naive and they are ignorant regarding what is really taking place. Otherwise, they wouldn't make a statement like what I'm about to tell you. They, they will say things to the, uh, to the effect of, oh, the things you're saying that these people are doing, they would never do that. Really. They would never do that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, what I think a person who is of this mindset is really thinking in their own mind is, I would never do that. See, that's what they're, they really mean. See, they can't imagine, because they don't have this emotional disease, this psychological disease known as psycho, psychopathy, okay? They cannot even imagine that there are people that will take the kinds of actions that they are taking. And trusting well-meaning individuals who don't understand a lot about these events that are going on, they'll say they would never do that. You're crazy. They would never do anything like what you're describing. Well, the, the fact of the matter is don't try to attribute your restraints due to the conscience that you possess and use to others that may not have those same inherent qualities, which we call a conscience. Because there are people in this world that do not have a conscience. And believe it. Believe that like you know your own name. And if you don't believe that, start reading up on psychopathy. Get a good psychological textbook or go online and type in the term and start reading about it. And you'll be shocked at what some of these qualities are. As a matter of fact, I guess um, I could probably take some time and go through a few of the qualities of a psychopath. I read a speech on the show that I gave it in the Fed that essentially listed the 
qualities of psychopathic individuals. So I'll I'll bring that up on uh, on my computer here, and I'll I'll read you some of these qualities. Psychopaths are aggressive. They're callous. They show an abnormal lack of conscience and empathy, as we've been saying. Okay, they, they are extremely adept at manipulating others. They develop this quality because they know that they need to manipulate people. If people find out you don't give a damn about them, you don't care about anything that they happen to be experiencing, they basically go in the other direction. They want nothing to do with you. And a psychopath understands this from a very young age. So they become real good actors at feigning emotion, at faking normal human emotion, making you believe they have the same emotions that you do, when in fact they do not. They engage in amoral, often criminal conduct. They possess a deceptive ability to appear outwardly benevolent. Oh, that's such a nice person. He would never do that. Wrong answer. You would never do that because you're not a psychopath, because you have a conscience. He would most certainly do that. Psychopaths behave in superficially charming ways in order to hide their purely selfish motives. Is this starting to sound familiar to anyone? They use intimidation and, if necessary, violence to get their way. They have no problem with violating the basic inherent human rights of others. Is this starting to sound more familiar? Because the psychopaths at the top try to breed and create more psychopaths below them in their hierarchical chain of command to do their bidding no matter what their orders are, no matter how immoral those orders may be. And yes, I'm referring to the bottom of the line of the control, quote-unquote, controller classes, the military and the police. Because they're there only to ultimately serve the bidding of the psychopaths at the highest levels of these institutions which I've been talking about. And if you don't believe that, you're very naive. Because it is provable. It is provable with what is actually going on, the events that are taking place, how military and police are willing to simply go and do whatever they are told, whatever they are asked to do, just for a paycheck, just so they get to exercise what they think is control over another human being, what they think is power, I should say. And they don't have any right to do this. They don't have any right to violate the basic inherent human rights of others, but they still do it anyway because they've essentially become psychopathic. 
See, psychopathy is, in my studies, a communicable disease. It is inherent in some individuals who are simply born that way. They have a genetic condition of psychopathy. But through mind control and emotional manipulation, you can breed a psychopath. You can make someone's brain essentially so damaged that they become and act like a psychopath. They won't be a genetic psychopath, but as long as the brain is in that damaged of a condition, and we talked about brain damage and how the brain, when it goes into significant states of imbalance, actually becomes physically damaged. There are slides on former shows, on earlier shows when we talked about the brain and its structures. We talked about how the brain can become imbalanced. You can go and look on, on scans of the human brain. I posted one last week. The brain becomes damaged through the forms of... It's very simple how it becomes damaged. It becomes damaged through what we put into ourselves, the end. That's it. It's real simple what we put into ourselves. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat. Well, I would just extend that to, you are what you take into yourself. It, it's not just what you eat. What you eat, what you drink, what you listen to, what you pay attention to, what you read, what you watch, that's what you become. You emulate that, you become like that. That is your software. It becomes the software that the body, which is the computer, the electronic biological computer that we work in that is our vessel for experience, that is what programs it. Essentially, everything we put into ourselves. So everything coming in is shaping the qualities of the consciousness of the human being. And this is going on from birth and continues to go on through life depending on what the person is taking into themselves. And that's why, essentially, the answer on how to cure this brain damage that results and creates psychopaths. And yes, the sig most significantly brain-damaged individuals are the people who are the so-called controllers, the military and the police. And that's going to be a very, very, very difficult thing for most people to hear, especially those who have members of their family that act in these capacities. They're the most brain-damaged individuals on the planet, folks. And part of what this show is here to do is to try to help these individuals become well, to try to repair the damage that has been done. Physically, this is physical, provable brain damage. I don't know how much more clear I can be about that. If you got a brain scan done, high contrast PET or SPECT scan, you would see the damage to the neocortical structures of the human brain of someone who is obsessed with control. Clearly, you would see it. I posted an image regarding this to Facebook earlier this week on a comment, and it is incredibly clear how this works. The more that one lives in and operates in the reptile brain, the base brain structures, 
the more one is under stress, the more one is in fight-or-flight mode, accosted by a, a violent situation or a potentially violent situation, fight-or-flight modality, the more damaged the brain becomes. Now, who's in those situations all the time? I've had conversations where I have explained to people all of the different levels of brain damage that occurs through abuse of drugs. You could look at the abuse patterns of something as relatively benign as marijuana. But if you abuse that substance, yes, it can damage the neocortex if it's used improperly, if it's abused. And there are lots of people who damage their neocortex with pot. You go up higher, you get to alcoholism, alcohol abuse. The neocortex becomes even further damaged with patterns of continued chronic abuse. We're not talking just usage. We're talking chronically abusing a compound or a substance, okay? Now, worse than that level of brain damage is cocaine abuse. Worse than that level of brain damage is methamphetamine and speed abuse. Worse than that level of brain damage is opiate addiction. And there's one that can even be worse than that. And most people will not think of this because they don't think of it as a drug and they do not think of it when they think of drug addiction. But one of the most dangerous compounds to have in the body in any kind of a chronic sense and the, the substance which will damage the neocortex, the higher order thought functioning centers of the human brain more than any other compound that you could put, find to put into your body, you are already holding in your body. And it is called adrenaline. And if you look at the abuse of adrenaline, you will see the most damaged brain patterns of any other compound. Now, that should explain a whole lot to a whole lot of people. And it should get more people who don't understand this as of yet and who may be resistant to hearing this to start thinking about this. Who has adrenaline being... What people have adrenaline being pumped into their body almost on a non-stop basis. You get a prize if you figure it out. Any takers? It's pretty easy to understand once you have the information. And then it becomes easier to understand why these individuals act the way they do. Why they don't have a conscience, seemingly why they will follow whatever orders they are given, no matter how immoral they are, or no matter who they harm, or no matter whose inherent human rights they proceed to attempt to take away. 
it's because there is physical brain damage. And ladies and gentlemen, I can't say more clearly. I worked with some of the psychopaths that I'm talking about. I worked with them. I was involved in the dark occult myself, first-hand experience for many years of my life when I was younger. This is largely how I understand this, not by reading about it, not by, re by researching it from other people's writings, because I was directly involved and with these people, working with them. I did not understand because these institutions are compartmentalized and hierarchical what I was involved in for many years until, again, I was at a point where I was so low in consciousness and so low in, in energy and, and essentially life that there was only two places for me to go, up or death, to die or to move back up in consciousness. And again, I chose the latter, the latter, meaning the later of those two options. And it's funny that it sounds like the word latter. I chose the latter, L-A-D-D-E-R, yes, to climb out of that pit, that cesspool of consciousness. And if you scanned my brain back then, I guarantee you it would look as destroyed as some of the controller class that I'm talking about namely police and military and those in those institutions. And they should be in some other institutions if they're not getting help about this. See, it's, it, again, language is a funny thing and always reveals things to us if we just pay attention. Individuals in institutions. So, My experience in dealing directly with psychopathic individuals when I was well on my way to being one of them, to being a total psychopathic being, until the, the power of consciousness, if you want to call it God, go right ahead, the, the power of the intelligent force that is inherent in the universe I finally began to get in touch with that because, again, I recognized my life was so desperately bad. It was so painful. It was so emotionally tumultuous. It was so um, depressing that I had to make a choice. Do I recognize that this is me that is the causal factor, the ultimate bottom line causal factor of this suffering? by the way I'm thinking and behaving, thinking, feeling, and acting? Or do I continue to try to shirk that responsibility, not understand more about myself, and change? Because that was the only path out of it. Will. Knowledge and will. Understand what you have to understand to get out of this mess, learn it, and then use the will to enact it. The knowledge, of course, has to come first, and thankfully, I was a 
always a very well-read person and through my some of my involvement with the occult had some access to some higher level information and I went into higher levels of what I would call light occultism some people will say there is no such thing because you know the occult in general means hidden knowledge and I talked about this last week I agree knowledge should not be hidden it does not belong to anyone it belongs to the world it belongs to the universe period hiding knowledge is the beginning toward the slippery slope into tyranny I don't think I could be more clear about that that's why I learned this knowledge of self I learned what was going on and I made then the decision to communicate that to others and even that took a while and there was some pain associated with that too because I held my tongue for a very long time about things that I had come to understand in the world I don't not quite sure why maybe it was a combination of not thinking that I was qualified to speak on it you know not not enough self-confidence uh, thinking that there would be ridicule from others but for years I knew what I know now and stayed silent I, I, I still to this day regret that to some level because for a few years I said nothing to know to anyone and uh, through uh, through my girlfriend and a woman that we met through some uh, consciousness groups that we had attended uh, a woman that I met at a group said you're knowledgeable and that carries responsibility what are you doing with this you've been given a gift of knowledge through your studies what are you going to do with it and I said I hadn't really thought about that and she said something to the effect of well you better start thinking about it what makes you think you have the right to sit on all of this and not speak it and it, it just made a profound impact on me the way she said that it was so very clearly and matter-of-fact as if you know who are you to to even have all of this knowledge amassed within yourself and not be releasing it out to those who need it and that made a lot of sense to me and that was one of the uh, it was an impetus for me to begin doing what I do so let's go back to talking about these power structures and these occultists who are behind them and I know that is going to be a very difficult thing for a lot of people to accept purely on the basis that they do not have enough information about the occult and about the occult networks that are in operation throughout the planet they know very little about the philosophies and the ideologies that are part of occultism and they know very little about the psychological condition known as psychopathy which I just essentially characterized for you by listing some of its qualities I would say one of the the last qualities is of this condition is that these beings who have this condition are so rooted in fear of being discovered and routed out that they again become very good actors they can hide the fact that they do not possess normal human emotions they 
do not want to take responsibility for the consequences of their own actions. Instead, they want to shift responsibility onto other people. But more likely than not, what really they do is they get other people to do their dirty work for them. You see, because we don't, uh, the, 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 the hidden occultists that are ultimately at the highest end of the agenda, they don't fight their own wars, do they? They get normal, quote-unquote, people to fight their wars for them because they manipulate them and orchestrate events in order to make them perceive a problem that must be resolved through war. It's a mind manipulation technique, mind control. They don't ultimately do any of the tasks that really result in the physical suffering and torment of the people of the world. They just tell others that they must be done. And I know that will be painful for many people to hear because ultimately it isn't this controller psycho, psychopathic class that is doing this, that is doing the events that we see taking place around us that we do not like, do not appreciate, do not want to continue. It is us doing it. This is another thing that many people will have a problem with me saying. They'll say, oh no, it, it's them. It, it's always somebody outside the self. Point the finger, point the finger. It is not them, quote unquote meaning these sorcerers of consciousness. They only use a technique to influence behavior of others, but it is others, namely people in the general population, that are actually doing these events, performing these actions. And largely who the groups are that perform these actions are the police and the military. There's no easy way around that. There's no easy way around that. I'm not an apologist. I'm never going to make excuses for, other, for, for what the human condition is currently and for what people do that they do not have the inherent moral right to do. And that will mean that in many people's view, I will be extremely unpopular and people will not want to listen to what I have to say, and so be it. I am not here, again, as I've said on previous weeks, to be partaking in any kind of a, a personality contest or a popularity contest. That's not what I'm here to do. I am here to speak the truth of the dynamics that are taking place on this world to help to alleviate human suffering. That is what I'm here to do. That is my task that I have accepted due to the knowledge that I have acquired about how this works over many, many years of experience and seeking information. And when those two things come together, experience and first-hand experience or gnosis and an abundance of well-researched information, 
I'm not afraid to say the words I know. You know, th there's this whole um, perception, and it's based in a so an, an attitude of solipsism, which is this ideology that we've talked about over the weeks, that there is no such thing as truth. You know, this is a dangerous ideology. It ultimately leads to all the suffering that we experience. Ignoring truth or believing that it does not exist. That there is no such thing as events as they have actually occurred and that one can know that. Well, when I know something, I'm not afraid to say. I do, in fact, understand that. I do know it. People don't like to hear that because when you have information that someone else does not have, they become very ego-driven about the fact that they make that their current beliefs, opinions, and attitudes may not be correct. Now, where this be can become an attachment is if you will hold on to knowledge when current evidence has shown that it is not accurate. Now, I may have formerly thought that I understood something, and did, in fact, but I, always throughout my life, if I saw evidence to the contrary, I was never a person to cling to specific information, attitudes, beliefs, or information. Okay? I always was a person that said, new evidence has come to light. If, if I formerly thought this, and the new evidence is clearly, demonstrably conflicting with this and proving it not to be accurate, I don't have a problem with letting go of former, formerly held information. Many people do have that problem. And many people don't like hearing that there is such a thing as truth, the way things actually are happening, are working right now in the present moment, and that there are people who can understand that and know it. Getting stuck in just the knowledge part of it is also a trap because you can have all the knowledge of the world. You can be, you could have total knowledge. You can know everything if you studied enough and you made it your life's journey to just know more and more things and be accurate about them and, you know, gather more and more and more data until you're sure about a certain thing. And guess what? It can be utterly useless, even possessing all of that knowledge. Because ultimately, again, as I've said, knowledge does not become power until it is properly morally applied in the world through our actions. That is when it becomes power. And if you want to understand why the world is in the condition that it is, there's the main reason. There are not enough people in the world who have a vast array of knowledge about what actually is and what is actually taking place and the dynamics that are, that are in place and the causal factors of those dynamics that are occurring. Again, that's what we ultimately do here is get down to the causal factors. 
being that there is not enough people who do have that knowledge, of course, that is not being shifted into enough proper moral action in the world to change the overall overarching dynamic of what we see taking place in the manifested world that we live and operate in. This is why once you understand what is occurring, the only game in town is to propagate information as widely and as freely as possible. You learn it, and then you speak it. That's it. The universe is spoken into existence. And the reason this planet is the way that it is today is because the dark occultists who spew their venom and their negative influence and their mind control and listen very closely to these words. These people, these psychopathic individuals, never stop speaking their message. 24-7. Their message is constantly being spoken with force. And they, meaning these psychopathic occult sorcerers, are on largely the same page. They speak with one voice. They're not divided amongst themselves to a very high degree. They may bicker over little odds and ends and certain distributions of power and wealth and influence, but ultimately... Their minds are all geared on the same prize, on the same ultimate goal. A conspirator, a group of conspirators are those who are imbued with the same energy, the same life force energy. And the life force energy is the breath, the spirit, the breath. It has been called in spiritual and mystical traditions, the breath. Well, con in Latin is a prefix that means together, and spiro spire, spire means to breathe. Con spiro means to breathe together or to operate with the same life force energy. And that's what a true conspiracy is. And these individuals that we're talking about, these psychopathic control class individuals, they live and breathe together. They're on the same page. They're not divided amongst themselves. They operate as one. Do we? There's my question. Do we largely operate as one? Speak with one voice? Understand the same basic principles and live according to them? Because they are just and moral and do not create suffering? 
or are we completely conflicted? Not only amongst each other, but also within, amongst ourselves, because we say we believe in something, and we say, yes, we feel this way about this concept or, or you know, principle, but then we go right ahead and do things that are not in keeping with those concepts or principles that we say we believe in. Our words and our actions are not congruent. Our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions are not as one, are, are dual in nature. They are not unitary in nature or non-dualistic. But the group of people who are ultimately controlling this planet through sorcery, through mind control influencing, you can better believe they're on the same page and that they breathe as one. They operate under the same life force energy. They have their eyes on the prize. They know what it is, they know how to get it, and they do it. And they act. Now, some people may say, well, you're really awfully down on people. You're awfully down on the average person. Well, Take a look around at what's going on and what we have, have got the corner we've backed ourselves into. It's going to take a lot of work from where we're at to reverse the current trend. Because so many people are utterly convinced that the, 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 the ways that we're going have to eternally be this way and be in place or there will be utter chaos and destruction and, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the sky will fall if we don't continue the course. Fools. Total fools. They've bought a lie, and because they've so wholeheartedly bought it, they're committed to it. And there's no greater form of mind control than to see with your own eyes the evidence that what you have been doing has not been working. If anybody thinks what we have been doing has been working for us and still see all of the enormity of suffering that's taking place in this world, I would say they're a severely delusional human being that, that ha has no knowledge of what's really going on at all. I'm not saying there's nothing good happening in the world. I'm just saying largely control-based systems that are based in total profit motive that are not based in any kind of ethical considerations. Rule this world. And I think it's fairly irrefutable that that's the case. Yet some people seem not to have a problem with it. They're just content to put their head down, go along to get along, not say a word, and just work from cradle to grave thinking that that's what life is. And there's nothing deeper than, than, than just doing my job, making my money, getting my house, having my kids, reproducing, and then letting the whole cycle repeat itself. A purposeless, for the most part, a purposeless existence. And if you press the individual that lives like that, what is your purpose for being? What is your purpose for existing at all? What is the purpose of your life? They, couldn't even, they, they would have no response for that. They, they would be pretty much amiss to, to tell you an answer to that question with any kind of conviction. 
do a social experiment. Just ask some people what they think the purpose for them being is. And how many people will not even have an answer to that? Part of mind control is the pleasure principle. They get people to think that the entire purpose for being is just to have as much fun as you can while you're alive as humanly possible. Ignoring all the suffering that's taking place in the world all around you while you're doing that. This is a pretty bad place to be as far as I'm concerned. This is like, you know, the person that just sits back watching a crime being committed directly in front of them does absolutely nothing. You know? This this was uh this was an allegory in a major television show that was aired on TV for many years and was one of the most wildly popular sitcoms of all time, Seinfeld. Seinfeld was about four completely egoic, unconcerned individuals who only ever thought about themselves, really didn't give a damn about anybody else around them, acted like pretty much like psychopaths that didn't really feel anything about what they were doing to any other human beings. In the last episode, they totally ignore crimes that are being committed against innocent people that they could have done something about, and they end up in a prison cell as a result. It's a pretty straightforward allegory of what's really going on in the world. And that's why we're heading into a prison cell as a species. Unless we stop thinking in these psychopathically inspired ways where we're not compassionate toward the suffering of other human beings or our fellow beings. But most people still don't want to hear that. Some people are waking up to it slowly but surely, and usually involving an immense amount of suffering, personal suffering to wake up. See, the universe is going to keep coaxing us in a gentle way until we're totally resistant. And when we become real resistant, then it gives us a nice heap of suffering and says, enjoy that while you try to reevaluate your position and grow a little bit and grow up. And there are people who think this doesn't occur, that there's no such thing as natural law, that the universe doesn't intelligently restructure events. Some people have referred to this as karma in spiritual traditions. Fine. I call it natural law. Call it whatever you want. Some people will refer to it as a specific quality of quantum entanglement in a... In a, in a uh, quantum physics terminology, a um, uh, scientific-based understanding. If you are left brain and that's how you want to understand it, look at quantum physics and quantum entanglement and its experimentations in consciousness when certain actions or vibratory uh, frequencies are displayed to DNA. Quantum mechanics will show you that these principles of natural law are true, that they operate over vast distances instantaneously, and they affect living matter, and they intelligently reorder the field of energy that comprises everything to bring us the experiences that we need to learn and grow. This isn't, this isn't some mystical belief system rooted in some fairy tales that were told by ancient people. This is scientific understanding in the modern world, proven 
through painstaking experimentation that is repeatable and demonstrable. But the word isn't out about it. That's the problem. See, the word get trickling down to the common individual from advanced sciences like quantum mechanics doesn't trickle down to the average human being for many, many years. Some estimates are up, upwards of 30 years that, that something that cutting edge does not actually make it into the mainstream consciousness. In certain documentaries and videos and people's work who have touched on this, including my own, are trying to get this information out there to people. Some great scientists like John Hagelin, Greg Braden, um, Bruce Lipton, and others, Nassim Haramein, phenomenal works by these individuals and many others that talk about this from a scientific perspective. So, again, the, the, the mind control, the form of mind control resistance to truth, which people have dubbed deliberately ignoring reality, is also a psychological condition. And it goes hand in hand with ignorance. It goes hand in hand with apathy. It goes hand in hand with laziness. And it kind of is the glue that kind of holds these three really painful dynamics that lead to further and further human suffering in place. And this is called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is... Seeing with your own eyes the results of what behaving certain ways will get you and what is actually taking place in the world, you can see it with your own eyes, and yet you deliberately choose not to acknowledge that. People have said, even if the government had anything to do with the events of 9-11, orchestrated it in some way, you know, uh, secret elements within the government orchestrated this event and, you know, deliberately killed people for justification to go into war and take, and take natural resources from other sovereign countries and use it as an affront to attack our civil liberties, which I definitely think all of those things are the case. But some people say, even if that were somehow proven to be true, I would still choose to ignore that and believe that it wasn't so. Because I don't want to live in that world. That's not the world I want this place to be. Cognitive dissonance, deliberately ignoring reality. A big form of mind control. As a matter of fact, it really is the thing that makes mind control be able to be propagated and stay in place. It's like a glue for mind control. You can look at it as. When people deliberately ignore that which is, they're very susceptible to believing anything, to believing mind control. Or they just make up, they think, I call those in cognitive dissonance their own personal arbiters of truth. That's like my little name or label for people that are in that condition. The arbiters of truth. They, someone granted them the incredible gift of being allowed to determine what reality is 
based on their likes or dislikes. Isn't that an awesome gift that they got? I want to know how they got that. How awesome is that? Imagine you get to determine what reality is, what is actually taking place, only based upon what you're comfortable enough to accept as being true. That's awesome. I gotta get I gotta get that situation. I gotta figure out how to get that working for me. Amazing that people are in this condition, and this is a psychological disorder. And sadly, many, many, many people in society are afflicted with this disorder unknowingly. If they really came to the knowledge of how dark things really are right now and, and, and whose hands the, the steering wheel is in, so to speak, and understood that the true nature of the position that they're really in right now at this time in history, most people choose to look the other way and ignore it because it's so horrible. And with that being said, I'll start to wrap things up. I want to read a quote by a great philosopher, Vernon Howard. He said that human sickness is so severe that few can bear to look at it, but those who do look at it will become well. The way out is through. There is no escape. Okay? I've said this before on this show. There is no escape from this condition. You're not going to escape it by ignoring it. Cognitive dissonance is not a effective tool to doing anything about the current condition that anyone is in. It is a escape mechanism and it doesn't work and all it's there for is because of fear. The mind shuts down, the person is so in fear that they don't understand how to act. And so the only choice they make is like an ostrich who puts its head in the sand to ignore reality. You know, that you've seen the picture of the monkeys with you know, their hands over their eyes, their ears and their mouth. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Things are so bad, too bad. I can't, I feel powerless to do anything about it. So what's the best thing I could do? I'll ignore it. Cognitive dissonance goes hand in hand with mind control. Ultimately, we are the ones who need to use our will to do something about this condition, these two conditions that go hand in hand, mind control and cognitive dissonance. Look no further than the person in the mirror for where the solution lies. When we change that individual, then the external manifestation will change. And not a moment before, not a moment before, Next week, what we're going to do here on the show is I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm wrapping up talking about the actual structures and the way that they work. And you could do some research on the, the, the groups that I mentioned, okay? But next week, what we're going to start to tackle is the actual methodologies of mind control. What has been called 
the war on consciousness, the war on you. The actual methodologies of the manipulating sorcerers of this world. That's all for this week, folks. I hope you'll tune in next week at the same time, Tuesday at 7 p.m. I'm Mark Passio. This has been What on Earth is Happening. See you here next week, everyone.